Welcome to Not Playing with Lex and Dan. I'm Dan. I'm Lex. Hey, good. We're both here. That's always a, that's always a plus to starting the show. The good news is my Echo thinks I was talking it, so there's hey, already my, a my, my Google Home went off, so that <laughs> we're we're in good we're shape. on this podcast too. <laughs> it's just the four of us. Uh, that is our next. That's the spinoff. That's the spinoff. <laughs> Not playing with Lex and Dan, Echo and Google, Google Home. <laughs> yeah, you got a little bit. Yeah, you know, a little bit of everything. Yeah. We are continuing our journey this season through the James Bond oeuvre. We have already watched Goldfinger with Sean Connery and mm-hmm. On Her Majesty's Secret Service with everybody's favorite Bond, George Lazenby. Dan, I'm going to make an admission. All right. Hit it. When we watched On Her Majesty's Secret Service, it oh. took us more than one day. <laughs> because... You're breaking the illusion of the, uh, that we, yeah, we carefully constructed. The the challenge was that during that episode, <laughs> I fell asleep as we were watching the movie, and I woke up saying something on the commentary track. And I was like, "Dan, we got to stop." And I believe it was like days until we could unpause and watch the rest. Uh, so I would like you and our listeners to know that right now, I am currently attempting to open uh, a Forto brand coffee shot. <laughs> oh dear, this is what you've driven us to, listeners. <laughs> And um, I hate coffee. I only started drinking these like two or three weeks ago. I was in Los Angeles and could not handle the time zone change. And um, it's been a lot of work travel recently. And somebody's like, you should have coffee. And I could not figure out a way to have coffee since I hate it. And then I saw these in the fridge at the work. And it's it's a coffee shot that it was mixed with Hershey's chocolate. So it okay. tastes like right. chocolate milk with a bitter coffee, bitter coffee aftertaste. I'm about to down the two ounces, 100 milligrams of caffeine right now because I will not fall asleep oh, when yeah. we watch tonight's movie. All right. I'm ready. Oh. Ugh. <sighs> All right. Whoa. That sound, was it as good as it sounded? You know, if you drink it really fast, you mostly get the chocolate. <laughs> I just drank a uh, half container of Hershey's chocolate syrup and the uh, same effect. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. I find that I feel the effects of these things. Because, I, like I said, I did not have coffee my entire life. I find I feel the effects of these things in like five minutes tops. So... Get ready. All right, I'm I'm jazzed and I'm ready. I for also it. have a beer because I want the chemicals to collide. Oh, you got it. You got to get a balance out. I understand. <laughs> uh, all right, so we are continuing with the third entry in our series here, and this is from Roger Moore. It is mm. 1981's "For Your Eyes Only." Yeah, for day all day, I was telling people I'm watching this one tonight. This is the show we do. This is the thing, and I was like, I don't know which bond it is, and I didn't want anybody to tell me. <laughs> Roger Moore. I think you told me last time, but I forgot. I did no, tell I you last time, but it's okay. And I made a less is more joke, et cetera. I yeah, we've that. done it. We've done it. We've covered mm-hmm. the, the low-hanging fruit right now. Um, Roger. 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 <laughs> nope. Now we've covered it. Just kidding. I could do one more. Uh, is it too late to leave the show? Is it? That's the coffee. <laughs> so I have not seen this one. Uh, I have Yay. seen some Roger Moore Bonds. Uh, I, the only one I really remember very well is Live and Let Die, mainly because it's got the Paul McCartney song. Um, Do you know the it, story behind that Paul McCartney song? Or a story behind that Paul McCartney song? Tell me. Weird Al Yankovic wanted to parody that song with a song called Chicken Pot Pie. 
And Paul declined because Paul is a vegetarian, despite the fact that Al is a vegan. Oh. That's a true story. Wow. I will say my favorite little bit. Have you ever seen, you've seen Gross Point Blank? John Cusack? Yeah. Yes, I have. There is a bit in there where they're playing Live and Let Die on the soundtrack. I believe it's a cover, though. But then he walks into the convenience store, and mm-hmm. it continues to play, but it's a Muzak version. <laughs> it's well done. Um, it's, a good, it's a good little segue there. When you think of that, that big solo, the instrumental section of that song, when Al performs a miniature version of Chicken Pot Pie in concert, which he hasn't done in years, he balks for all of that. <laughs> I'm balking a little bit at this podcast, but that's... <laughs> there's a lot of insights different. on this podcast. We we really go deep on Bond. Very few of them have to do with the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So neither of us know much, if anything, about this movie. So I struggled all day to remember the title. Like you told me, <laughs> hey, make sure you have For Your Eyes Only. And then I go to my list because I have all the Bond movies and I've ripped them all to my Mac. And I'm like, which one am I getting? And I went to your iMessage. I go back to the list of movies. And I'm like, wait, which one was it again? Like, I know so little about this movie, I can't hold on to its title for more than five seconds. And actually, before we even started recording, I was singing For British Eyes Only, which I don't know if that's a reference that you know, but it's Arrested Development. Oh, yes, yes, I do know that one. And I think it was like Charlize Theron, and I, I don't know if that was a reference to this title or not i believe that i believe it well for your eyes only obviously is like a security classification yes but yes uh this is a fairly i think fairly late entry in the moore uh collection because it's 1981 and he started in the early to mid 70s so Um, we were both alive when this movie came out that's true that is true wow that's the first one that was the first one that we were both alive for and i think this is pretty close to the end of his tenure because i think he made one in 83 a view to a kill might have been 83 and i think that one's supposed to be really bad so we're not watching that one we're watching this one because this is what people voted on (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, thanks people and and i you know when i was i was curious because when i did my little prediction sheet ahead of time my guess for the Roger Moore entry was actually i'm gonna look it up now because uh, i'm trying to remember which one i had like I had banked on, and my guess was more, uh, The Spy Who Loved Me, which is also a fairly popular one, but uh, For Your Eyes Only outvoted it uh, mm-hmm, by a decent mm-hmm. amount. And when I mentioned this, uh, our friend Jason Snell said that he voted for For Your Eyes Only because he thinks it's better. So there you go. Well, I, uh, I, it's, you know, usually when we do this show in previous seasons, I could at least hazard some guesses as to what it was about. Like I knew something from society. What's interesting is, I feel like the things that are famous about Bond, um, at least famous enough that I know them as a non-Bond having seener, <laughs> English. Um, Coffee's really working for you. Thank you. We're like, you know, Bond, James Bond, Shaken, Not Stirred, uh, they're, they're, Q, they're hallmarks job. of the franchise, mostly. Right. And then like, um, you know, the very first movie that we watched together, I don't think it was the first Bond movie. Uh, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Like, I knew that. Yeah. And that's it. Like, I got nothing else. Uh, so, like, once we get to the Pierce Brosnan era, I know that um, Halle Berry's in one of them. I don't know if she's the one we're watching. <laughs> and that's, like, a thing that I know, but that's it. Like, I got nothing. So, usually, this is the part of the show where we're supposed to say, like, what I know is, but I got nothing. I have absolutely, I don't know how Roger Moore plays it. I don't know what Roger Moore looks like. I don't okay. know right. anything. I got nothing. You know that it is for our eyes only. Yeah, it is. Um, I actually would expect 81, you said. I would expect, <laughs> I'm predicting, 
slightly i know this is the thing that i talk about every episode so bond lovers I <laughs> no 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 it's it's got to come up uh, i would predict slightly less misogyny not that the 1980s were woke and like super feminist but like i feel like it's at least better we're on a track where i'm expecting they'll be womanizing but it won't be i, I don't think any woman is going to get hit in this movie that's just a random prediction because we've seen women get hit in both we watched so far yeah well it is also keep in mind it was 81 so it was probably made and it's right at the True. tail end of the 70s it's, there you never know um, I also, again, for no reason, I'm just, I'm just gambling now. I'm guessing this one will be a little bit funnier. Just putting that out there. I feel okay. like it'll be All funnier. Right. The late okay. 70s, early 80s were a time for laughs. Yeah, I mean, some of the bo- the more ones I know get campier as they go along, because we've got like Moonraker, which has like a whole space thing. Um, I think Moonraker if- is the place <laughs> for me. <laughs> I think A View to a Kill takes place in San Francisco, but I actually am bl- I have no... <laughs> No knowledge of where this one takes place. I'm just I'm trying to summon something off my off the top of my head, and I, I really don't have much on this. So I know more, but that's about it. I uh, I popped out my contacts before we started watching this. And I put on my glasses instead because I figured this was for four eyes only. <laughs> and with that. <laughs> <laughs> Before you go away, uh, this is the yes. point in the show where, of course, we remind you that if you Beseech are you. not an incomparable member, uh, you should become one. Um, mm-hmm. You will still get to listen to our reactions after the movie. Uh, you will hear us break it down and discuss. You will hear us break it down, and we will discuss the movie uh, in full. But if you want to be extra special, super awesome listeners, you get to listen along with us with our live commentary track, and you can do that by becoming a member of The Incomparable. And honestly, even if you don't want to watch the movie along with us, you can still become a member just to support The Incomparable and to support us. Not uh, five days ago as we record this, I was out to dinner with a friend when I got a message from Jason Snell on The Incomparable staff Slack. And it was like, your cut from not playing his most recent Star Wars season is this, and Star Wars paid for my dinner. So... (laughs) Wow. And had some left over. Hey, so, that's nice. You get a fourth some ice cream or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So to sign up, go to theincomparable.com slash members. There are a variety of plans at a variety of price points. And when you uh, when you sign up for your membership, you can throw a little money towards not playing. We really appreciate it. It lets us, uh, I mean, not that we wouldn't do this show anyways, but, you know, helps us feel better about doing our show. People are listening. Uh, Plus, but- you know what? When we do the next season... We're going to take suggestions only from incomparable members. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's a perk right there. You can you can start pitching things to us. Yeah. Uh, plus, you get a lot of other great stuff, too. There's tons of other member content. You get the first class feed. Uh, you get the bootleg feed. All that great stuff. It is really, it is a steal. Let's be What's honest. that URL one more time? That is theincomparable.com slash members. If I were a member, I would say, watch only movies starring and directed by Yahoo series. <laughs> <laughs> Please, God, don't do that to us. (laughs) All right, Dan, if you're ready, I'm ready to watch for your eyes only. And yes, I had to mouse over the window to remember (laughs) what the movie was called. Uh, All right. We have now seen... For yours, for your eyes only. We have. Uh, What'd you think? That was that was not bad. I I mean, it's it's dated for sure. Uh, yes. But I felt like you know Roger Moore is he's he seems like he's got some charm to him. I thought he was likable as Bond. Yeah, he's, I, it's not. He was certainly not as. I want to say it was coarse. I guess maybe is the right word as some of our previous like 
he has the right amount of suavity, but he also felt like he was maybe a little above it. Yes. Um, and he didn't sleep with every every single person that he met. <laughs> right. He did not sleep with as many women. He was generally more respectful of women. He, in fact, you know, turned down a young woman who was mm-hmm. throwing herself mm-hmm. at him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he only really was romantic with two women in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was the funniest of the three we've watched, sometimes knowingly and sometimes maybe not. I think I think that's a hallmark of some a lot of the Moore ep ones is that he tends to be a little more, you know, wink at the camera. It's like I feel like Although those, he doesn't literally wink at the camera. No, no, but like I I think there is a little more self awareness of how ridiculous it all is. Yes. Um, and you know I feel like as you progress through this franchise, you kind of have to because the times evolve along with you. Yes. So you have to become a little more self aware and a little more willing to like laugh at yourself right to play with it and to yeah exactly and i don't know i once again and i don't know if this is just my 2018 eyes looking at it or what but there are uh scenes that go on yes like decades too long uh and typically the ones that are supposed to be thrilling like the (laughs) like uh it's our second ski chase in three bond movies (laughs) and we go from skiing to what was it it's not tobogganing uh, bob, <laughs> bobsledding bobsledding but like on the bobsled track on the ski like it's just it's like i i appreciate the campiness of it and the embracing of the silliness of it but like letting it go on for what felt like 20 minutes just seems like a longer scene than was necessary yeah i agree a lot of that too i mean the um a lot of it seems you know as of the era a kind of indulgent in the special effects and stunt stuff, right? Which it should right. be. I mean, I feel like that's what Bond's known for. But to our to our twenty eighteen eyes only, uh, it, it certainly <laughs> feels less spectacular because we are so accustomed, I think, to a higher bar of stunt stunt technology and and all that has progressed so far that it, it's it's going to look a little dated. But there were some good bits in there. Right, the the fight scenes and the effects didn't take me out of it. I mean, there are times when you can see that you're just staring at the greenest of green screens, but like, uh, it didn't feel. Uh, I feel like they were t- more proud of it than they had to be, but it didn't feel like obnoxious or in your face. No, right? no, I think like, it's just more like you know, even that scene where he's like climbing up the mountain. Right, they, for me, the fact that these shots are they're so proud of it and yet at the same time it's very clear when we're switching back and forth between yes. a stunt double and roger moore on like a close-up set uh and we're so accustomed to watching a, a you know a, a movie where the stunt it would look much more seamless uh and right. or you would avoid drawing attention to the places where the seams do show whereas here yes. It felt like because this is 1981, it's like, oh, isn't this amazing? Like, he's hanging from a rope on this thing. And it's like, man, it's all right. It's not bad. <laughs> um, the plot wasn't, like, the smoothest thing ever, but it also didn't seem overly convoluted. Like, it had, the to me, a reasonable mix of, I don't know, double crosses and twists and turns uh, while still being fairly let's go from A to Z, which I appreciated. Yeah. I think this is my favorite of all the ones we've watched. Uh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's... Uh, particularly over the top and i think that's also true as these things get these movies get later and more modern is that the you know certainly we do have the bond and the uh molina being dragged behind the boat <laughs> you yes. know as a as a over uh over complicated way of trying to kill them but at the same time that's what you're watching a bond movie for. right exactly it's not like goldfinger irradiating all of america's gold right as sort of a ridiculous plan to 
increase his own worth. It's a, you know, this guy trying to steal secret British technology to sell to the Russians, right? So it is very straightforward in that way. And we know we know James is going to win. And we know that um, the bad guys are going to use incredibly convoluted plans to kill him so that he can win. And so, like, right, I don't mind right. that. Um, the The plot contrivances made me laugh. I will say the opening really slayed me. Like, the opening was, I believe, strictly played for laughs. Oh, dropping, where, dropping Blofeld down the yes, chimney? The, the hijacked helicopter situation followed by Blofeld down the chimney, never showing his face because it wasn't the same actor. Like, that was funny. Yeah, and I, I think that's all clearly intentional right like because it has no bearing on the rest of the movie at all yeah um, it's it's yeah it's like a, it's like a little teaser <laughs> yeah exactly i mean and a lot of the bond movies i think follow that formula later on where they have stuff that's like a cold open where it's kind of unrelated um but yeah it's a it's a different it's a different take yeah it was pretty good i mean so this is so more made seven bond movies which I mm-hmm. think is the most except. Well, yeah, again, Connery's is a little bit weird because he's got one that's like kind of not really canon. Asterisks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, but Moore started in 73 and played him all the way through 85. So that's a long tenure. It's 12 years of, yeah, I, of playing I, Bond. I, you know, who did we watch last time? That was George Lazenby. That's what I thought, George Lazenby. But so, Roger Moore um, felt like he owned the role, right? Like, it didn't feel like he was doing an imitation of Sean Connery, yep. but it felt just as confident as Sean Connery, and, like, that he was at home in the skin of it. Like, he was, at no point was I like, that's not James Bond. Yeah, right. And so, you know, I do think he, he's got a different attitude. He is a little more, he doesn't quite have that, like, I think we remarked last time that Lazenby has a very, had a very aw shucks demeanor to it, like, as if he was almost surprised that he was James Bond, whereas, yeah, I agree, Moore feels very confident, but he also walks the line between not, again, not being as sort of callous as I think Connery was. Connery felt very, to me, you know, almost aloof, whereas Moore seems a little more engaged and a little more human um like that scene that you pointed out where the 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 young woman comes onto him and he just like seems super awkward about it right yeah. like he seems like he has more of a you know human more. side to him more of a human side to him. <laughs> uh yeah and i don't know i thought he played him as more likable actually than sean connery like you mm. i can understand people liking sean connery's portrayal for sure but it's like I would want to hang out with Roger Moore's more than I would want to hang out with Sean Connery's because he seemed like a more decent dude. A more decent, yeah. Well, we'll have to keep that in mind for when our uh, bonus episode rolls around and we're picking another movie. Yes. Yeah, I I think this is a this is a pretty solid outing. Uh, I as someone, we're still three for three with women getting hit in yeah. James Bond movies that we've watched. I we really got very far this time. Yeah, as we pointed out in the commentary, I think there's the the sort of worst that Bond comes across is that he has that one scene where he is trying to, like, he's trying to get Melina, like, out of town, and he won't let her, like, get out of the sled, right? <laughs> right. Whereas the actual violence to women at this point at least comes from the hands of the villain, which, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't make it okay, but they're also not, like, condoning it, right? Like, right. it's not when, implicitly yes. like, yeah, this is how you should treat women. It's like, no, that guy's a bad guy, and that's why, you know, we're, we're portraying him as such. 
uh, it also felt, um, I don't know, there, I think that I will always enjoy the scenes where James is walking through, I don't know what you call it, but like the lab yes. <laughs> where they're working on weaponry. Uh, he intentionally made jokes about it. What did he say? Stinging in the rain <laughs> when they had the. That, uh, that's kind of umbrella. the classic to me is always the banter between Bond and Q in the lab because that is a staple as well. And I always and, enjoyed that. I love Desmond Lewin yeah. as the as the as Q. He is he is fantastic. I just like that whenever James Bond happens to be there, that's also when they happen to be testing <laughs> the exact like big moments of their weaponry. Yeah, <laughs> I well, sure. That. I mean. You're not. You got to wait for an audience, right? Yeah, yeah. James is here. Everybody to your stations. Yeah. One of the things I did like here was that I felt like our primary Bond girl had a little more agency. Uh, she had a more direct role in the plot. She gets to shoot a lot of people with a crossbow, which is pretty cool. Like yeah, she, 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 seemed, hold her, she doesn't need James. She yeah. thankfully saves James multiple times. Right, exactly. And I think he does still sometimes. You know, there's an element of like patronizing condescension that does still get used by bond there right like he insists upon driving in the car chase and all that but like on the whole she seems like a more interesting more developed character than pretty much any of the bond girls we've seen thus far absolutely and i like i have no doubt that if he weren't around she could still probably have uh, done just fine yeah it was interesting too that we got that little bit of continuity right at the beginning with the uh, bond visiting the grave of his dead wife um yes which is is fascinating to me because it does you know we discussed at one point at the beginning of the season the theory that these are all different people who have adopted the moniker of james bond right and that would seem to shoot that theory yes uh, in the foot uh, of it. yes i mean you could you could headcanon your way around it if you really wanted to <laughs> but it seems much more clear that these are intended to be uh, different progression or different you know the same person is portrayed by different actors and and more as a he comes across as older here as well i i don't he he's in his 50s by the end of his tenure i'm not sure how old he is uh in the course of this movie but let's see he was born in 27 so <sighs> he's he's in his early 50s right like which is definitely an older bond yeah um but so but you liked his bond too are are you able to rank the bonds we've seen thus far well i mean i'm a connery fan from way back uh and i've seen more than just goldfinger and i like i like more just fine i put him ahead of lazenby um but i think connery i still i still enjoy connery the most but i can see you know certainly watching them from the vantage point of 2018 uh i have more res- more respect mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. for roger yeah no i get it it's uh, i have a very limited set that i'm working from so i, yeah, sure. I, I don't yeah. expect to be That's an expert fair. yet but it's uh i don't know i uh, i really thought they both they felt very much like the same character mm-hmm. uh sean and, and and more um but uh they they did it their own ways i liked it it was i thought it was a good movie like again a little too long i would have been okay with that movie being like 90 minutes versus more than sure. two hours yeah but I, I mean they did what they set out to do they made a james bond movie <laughs> You can't, you can't take that away from them. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> they had made some other type of movie. I think we would have had a harder time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I could do for more scenes in the, uh, uh, in the, in the lab and that, whatever they called it, the identimometer, the identif- <laughs> uh, 2000, that thing Identigraph. Yeah. yeah, that was great. The identigraph is really funny and if, if you did not watch along with us that was a machine where basically it was facial recogni- the facial recognition of the 1980s 
And it was real, real funny. Well, I good. thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm glad that you enjoyed this one. I was starting to worry after the first two because I know you were not super, super enthusiastic about either of them. So I'm glad that there's been some uh, an upswing going on here. Yeah, no, we're in good shape. And um, I am happy to be watching them, even if they're not all my cup of tea. Like, you want to know some James Bonds. And I, there's people who are completists. We're going to watch every single James Bond movie. That's never going to be me. But... Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not mad at having watched them. I will say the coffee was a big deal. <laughs> All right, we'll keep that one in mind for next time. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of next time, we're going to jump forward six years to the Living Daylights, which is the first James Bond movie starring our next Bond, Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. And this is, I will say, I'll just lay it out on the table here. Haven't seen either of the Dalton Bonds. There's only two. So he was, and he's, they're very, either 1987 and 1989. Oh, that's, that doesn't feel that long ago. No, I mean, those, those were during our childhood, basically, right? Like, and I think I was a little too young for the Bond at that point, because, you know, I think what I know of Dalton is that it's, it's a little more, you know, late 80s style, a little grittier, a little darker. So we'll, I'm curious to see how that, how that goes. Is there a particular reason you hadn't seen them or it's just one of those things? No, I just never gotten around to it. I, I, uh, the Dalton ones, I think, I mean, not to be to like color our opinions, but like, I don't think they're super highly regarded. So, I mean, when I did the, the poll to see which Timothy Dalton that we would actually watch, uh, I think the Living Daylights, so Living Daylights, won sixty percent to forty percent to the other one, which is License to Kill, um, and I think License to Kill is considered not great, and Living Daylights may not be much better, but it's definitely the better of the two. <laughs> so that will be interesting. And Dalton is quite—I a I want to say he's quite a bit younger. Like several of the other actors, he was approached to play Bond before he actually got to play him so we can talk a little bit about that next time because it's just an interesting development where it's like he was in talks but he was like he didn't end up taking the job at first so it's kind of an interesting, interesting development uh if they came and offered the role to you would you take it dan james bond yeah yeah i feel like i would i don't think anybody would ever approach me i don't look the part <laughs> i'm not british uh i don't have a nice head of hair i mean other than that i think you're him well, I mean, I can play James Bond, but for your eyes only, Lex. <laughs> uh, yeah, the title appears twice in the movie. <laughs> it does. It does. Once on a folder. Once visually, and then once said as a really campy... That is in the history... Let me put it this way. In the history of Bond like pickup lines, that is not nearly the worst one. <laughs> oh, okay. Good to know. I don't think we will watch the movie with the worst one because... What's it's the worst it, one? It is... <laughs> I don't even want to say it because it's pretty bad. Um, it is from the movie The World is Not Enough, which is a Pierce Brosnan Bond movie uh, in which there is a character named Dr. Christmas Jones, who is played by Denise Richards. Denise okay. Richards, who is supposed to be a nuclear physicist. And let me tell you, she <laughs> does not sell it. <laughs> I believe that. At any point, I believe there is a line at the very end, much like this one, right? In the sort of like uh, epilogue, denouement section, where he makes the remark that he thought Christmas only came once a year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Um, well, Dan, it's been a pleasure watching for your eyes only with you and all of our friends. And uh, I'm excited to watch the next one whose name I have already forgotten. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Well, for everybody out there, Lex and Dan will return 
in the living daylights. Is, he, is this the guy from the haunted mansion? I know. I swear that's what it sounded like. This helicopter has no windows <laughs> and, and no, no doors. doors. <laughs>